Well, welcome to Sanctuary First, to the weekly review, Friday night's weekly review. Great to have you with us. And our theme tonight is, are you a wolf or are you a sheep? Uh, and what does it mean to be a sheep? Is, are Christians, should they be sheep? Does that mean you just follow the pack? Or are you a wolf and out on your own, doing your own thing? Uh, anyway, that's part of our thinking tonight. We're going to be looking at the whole idea of, of uh, in the scriptures, we, the idea of shepherds and shepherds and sheep. It's such a, a picture that's used often in the Bible. And we're going to be thinking about how relevant is that for us in today's world today. So that's what we're thinking about. So welcome to Sanctuary First and great to have you with us. And welcome to James Cuthcart, who joins us as our usual panelist. Hello. And uh, Laura Dagen. Hello. And I don't know where Nora's gone, but Nora Summers is our writer, and she was with us, but somehow she's disappeared from sight. But I'm sure she'll be back with us shortly. So welcome to Nora Summers, who's been writing for us this week. She's waving. So can you hear she's us, waving. Nora? Whatever we've done, we've yes. lost, we've lost you your picture. Me? We, yeah, we, we can, can hear you now, Nora, but we can't see you. Right. Well, my picture's up in the corner up there on my screen. But... Well, oh dear. Well, you're. No it's idea. funny. You're a. You're a black box for us um, at the moment. Um, but uh, well, but we can hear you. Well. well, if you keep I'm, on working at that, we'll we'll hold off to chatting with you until we get you back in person on the screen. But uh, welcome to Sanctuary First, Andy. Lana, how's your week been? I always like to start off with you because you're always ready with a bit of chat for us. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's been it's been okay. Uh, I've been there. Uh, my car gave up again. You know, like that. A few weeks ago, it had uh, broke down. I got it fixed, but um, yet again this week it has uh, broke down. No, it will not move. <laughs> waiting on somebody to come and see about it. I feel though it's like, uh, do you know that way that I feel maybe there's there's something there that I think I have to just kind of stop and be present for a bit. And uh, I, I feel that mm, you know, maybe just, just, just stop for a bit. <laughs> In the stillness. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Instead of all my rushing about as I usually do. Oh, well, good. Good. James, what's your week been like? Well, I've been having uh, uh, some ongoing house issues. Um, the same with your the car, Laura. I had my um, hot water went uh, after I had problems with the hobs, and uh, and it was funny actually in terms of you know thinking about things being a humbling moment or making you think about something um, because the washing was really piling up as a result, you know, because we've been using kettles and and whatever. But I felt when the plumber came. Uh, he was in actually this morning uh, and sorting it that I had to kind of apologize for the washing that was piling up, you know, and so I kept mentioning the fact that, oh, my daughter and she's weaning, you know, and it's difficult at the moment and just trying to get stuff. And I thought, do you know what? He's seen, he's seen this all before. He, this isn't his first rodeo, you know, and I think sometimes <laughs> our lives are like that, aren't they? Where we want like the, um, the hot water, you know, we want to just clean everything and show our best selves. And it's always mm -hmm. hard when you can't show your best self, you know, um, when literally, you know, the floor needing scrubbed and, you know, and, and the oven's a mess and, you know, you know, it's all so vulnerable, you know, but then you think, well, 
do you know what? He's cheerful. He doesn't mind. It really isn't a big deal. So, um, so I've been, I've been feeling humbled. Mm. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But you know, I think people forget that you know, looking after a baby, a young child is a, a very demanding task. Pretty messy. They, it's pretty messy. <laughs> you know, it's messy in all kinds of ways, isn't it? And they, I think, and, and also in, in, in today's climate, when the weather's not good and there's all these things and, and you're limited, you can't take the, your, your kid maybe to the nursery in the way that you normally would do and, and that interaction with other children. It's quite, it's that whole area is quite difficult at the moment for people just to cope with. Absolutely, I think so. In that sense of uh, community, you know, because for us, it's our uh, first child, um, uh, first time having a baby. And, um, and I think for a lot of people that are new to this, you know, you were kind of thinking that this time of life would open to a new, new set of friendships and new connections. And we've been able to make some and, and there were some new parents we connected with before um, our daughter was born. But um, it's not been, you know, the experience that we were imagining um uh, at all of of kind of having those people who are at the same stage as you because one of the things we've realized over the months is that everything changes all of the time uh so like even people who are a year or so ahead of you what you're going through is a distant memory to them because and you do you i mean it's presumably self-preservation that you forget yeah. <laughs> or people wouldn't have more kids <laughs> well you know this it brings me back to the, bringing this into the whole idea of our our theme about shepherds, you know, what is looking after children got to do with the with, with being shepherds in the flock? But it is because as we've been talking, one of the things you and I know that my, my you know my daughter-in-law and and, and, uh, and my son are thinking about just the importance of getting little Martha out to meet other children, and we need to be part of the flock, so we actually yeah. need. We need that interaction with one another and, and it's so important. And, and so maybe that's, it's, sheep is quite a, a really good example to be thinking more about eh, what it means to be, it's still relevant today as an analogy for, and as a, a metaphor for the church and Christianity. Absolutely. It's interesting, Albert, when you were saying in the introduction about the idea of, um, you know, one of the things we say about sheep is that, you know, to be, to be like a sheep or, you know, wake up sheeple, you know, the thing that people say, the idea that sheep just follow and they, and they just um, um, do what they're told. But actually from my quite limited experience with sheep, uh, they're actually pretty stubborn. Um, and it may be that actually sometimes they're willing to trust the wisdom of the group and they're willing to trust one another, but they're actually not these kind of like robots that you would think. Um, and I remember one time um, when we were staying uh, for a bit with my father-in-law and mother-in-law in Cheshire um, that we had a sheep in our garden um, that just rocked up one day and uh, obviously the antics trying to get, you know, so, so my father-in-law and me tried to, we had canes and we were trying to sort of corral this sheep um, as two rather inexperienced, um, not very hands-on people. Um, it was quite comical um, uh, just trying to negotiate this sheep and he's like, no, sheep aren't just compliant you know and i think you know this idea of seeing ourselves as sheep isn't it, you know there's this sense of relying on the group and trusting the group but it's not unquestioning uh, the following uh, and certainly sheep can be quite stubborn um in my experience i will see i've um, i've had quite a bit of experience uh, with them and see trying to round them up or oh. <laughs> 
That's, they just will, uh, oh, they won't pay attention. They, they'll, they'll run off and that's uh, And it's like, no, no, we're not going that way. No, you want us to go that way? No, we're going to go that way instead. And uh, oh, and they're always looking for a, a, a just a way. And you'll get ones that are like the, the ringleaders. And that's it. You'll get the ones that you'll get the group that are probably quite good. And then you get the, 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 the ones that, no, they just want to take everybody off somewhere else. You know, they just, <laughs> they're, they're, they're leading them astray, definitely. <laughs> Let's call them the Albert sheep. Let's call them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, oh, it's, uh, it's very hard to get them rounded up and getting all the things that they need done to them. And, uh, oh, yes, very difficult indeed. That's why you need a good sheepdog. Yes, you do. Uh-huh. Isn't it wonderful? I'm not so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful watching the the sheepdog trials, isn't it? And you see them it all. You, you can, that's very peaceful doing that. I think just sitting back watching, and you see the dogs all at their and bringing them all in and getting them all into the fold. I think it's just amazing, mm-hmm. isn't it? Oh yes, aye. And that's that. Because because they've they've listening to the shepherd you know the, the the connection that they've got you know to listen to the instructions of the shepherd and they know that they're trusted as well you know the sheepdogs know that they're trusted to do this job and uh, and but it takes a lot of training you know to get to that and i actually think that maybe maybe not so much the sheep but the sheepdogs are more a an analogy for you know the Christian life. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Keeping your ears for the. the yeah, because the, they're the ones that are in tune with the shepherd, you know, and they're trying to, you know, maybe more the sheepdogs <clears throat> are the ones that are out trying to, you know, do the the good work in the world. You know, it's uh, and you know bringing everybody together and doing the work of the shepherd is. Uh, I would say that's maybe the sheepdogs that are. Is that are a, a better analogy? So you, you, we say, oh Lord, help me to be a good sheep dog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> help me be a faithful dog. Okay. Faithful dog. Yes. <laughs> train me well, Lord. Train me well. <laughs> train me well. And may there be treats. I love seeing, you know, when they've got the, um, on farms, when it's like the quad bike and the dog just like leaps on the back and is just balancing, you know, and you oh, think, yeah. how is it doing that? You know, like what, there's nothing in dog genes that's like balancing on a car. <laughs> it's like, you know, at all uh, part of that DNA, but, um, but it's just brilliant. And maybe that's part of the analogy as well, of, you know, of yeah. just having to hang on sometimes and balance when we're following God. Um, uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, see, see, my my dog pop. He's a uh, he's a. I think he's quite like me. He's like very excitable. You know, he gets super excited, and then he just you know it gets a bit much for him. You know, and he's like, oh, and he gets right into it and really focused, but he just ends up just a wee bit too enthusiastic. That he ends up kind of scaring the sheep. <laughs> 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 well, you know, we do have Christian brothers and sisters a bit like that as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, quite scary. You know, they're in so in tune with the shepherd that it's a bit scary for the rest of us. Nipping at our heels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh. You know, I, I'm not sure if Laura's, if, um, if Nora's going to be able to join us. She's having problems with connections, but it'd be worthwhile maybe just taking a moment to, to go and perhaps start talking about some of the, the contributions that Nora's been making this week because they've been really interesting. Mm, absolutely. And it's um, uh, interesting how she's, you know, picked up uh, really throughout the week, this idea of the shepherds and the sheep. Um, and uh, we started on Sunday with, um, you know, the reading from Ezekiel and this idea of the good shepherd. Um, and uh, it's where we got that theme uh, for the week. And then the, it was explored in the service there on Sunday, but the idea of seeking the lost and um, uh, binding the injured, you know, the idea that this is what God does. And I was struck, Laura, when you said about the idea of us being like the sheepdogs, because in a way that kind of fits in terms of the idea of... Um, you know, I think we talked a bit about apprentice shepherds in the yeah. theme material. So, so in a way, that's kind of the sheepdog is like a kind of a wee assistant shepherd. Like they can't make all the calls, but there are things that they can do um, and be part of. Um, so, no, I really have enjoyed this with um, the themes that Nora has been um, exploring. And Certainly that Ezekiel theme, uh, that Ezekiel chapter is, is a vast chapter. It's a long reading we had this week in Ezekiel I think it was, is it, was it Ezekiel 30? Uh, 34. 34. Yeah. So yeah. it's just before the dry bones, I think. Yeah. You know, the yeah. famous bit. Yeah. And, but it, the interesting thing about it is that um, it's, it's a challenge to start thinking about how sheep behave with one another and how the, the, the shepherd is, is challenging that kind of behavior and looking after, trying to look out for the sheep that are maybe going are going through something difficult, like a difficult time. Oh, good! We've got we've got we've got Nora back with us again. If you can just unmute yourself, Nora, that'd be great. Yeah. Who, who goes to get back to that? I don't know what was wrong. Oh dear. Well, it's good to see you. We're glad um, we're glad you're back. Um, we just turned to your writing. And actually, we were just talking about uh, Sunday and uh, the reading from Ezekiel and this idea of um, the uh, metaphor of the shepherd uh, being all through your week um, and how we've really appreciated that. Yeah. So I've been interested in this idea of um, the shepherd being able to discern the sheep that, that need to be almost either reprimanded or separated in order to protect those that are, are weak and injured or could become vulnerable and become weak and injured and caring for them. And it's interesting, reading that passage in Ezekiel 34, you may recall I was talking earlier on in, in this podcast with you all about visiting the farmer in Bowness. Uh, or maybe it, was before, maybe it was before we started the broadcast, I was just talking about visiting the farmer in Bowness. And he was telling me how uh, he often had to look out because a good, being a good shepherd was to actually look after the sheep and to, to watch out for the ones that, that, that quite easily get just bumped into and get, get, get pushed out of the way and don't get fed. And uh, trying to separate that and make sure that nobody gets injured and looking after them. And it just seems to me, as an analogy for in the church, how many people have we known over the years in the church who have been hurt or pushed out of the way or not acknowledged or forgotten about. 
-hmm. and the wounded and the, this idea of seeking out the lost and caring for the injured. Mm -hmm. how, how do we ensure that that continues in the life of the church? Uh, see, I think this was something I was taught. We were talking about in our uh, connect group on um, Wednesday night, um, and it's this because thinking about people who, uh, you know, the people who do get forgotten about, you know, because quite often I think it's like if we see people, you know, when we see them there, uh, oh, you know, they'll talk, but yeah, and then it's like maybe if they, if they you know, you realise that people haven't been coming and it's really difficult just now for us to be able to keep an eye out you know for maybe the, because if you realize that somebody's maybe not been at church for a few weeks you know you would then you know go and check it out or have a phone call find out what's happening but when you can't actually at the moment you know physically see them it's it's really having to keep you know keep a I think a, a listening ear, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, being being able to like chat to a few different people, you know, just so that you're kind of knowing that, oh, how's this one doing? How's that one doing? So that you're able to kind of get a feel, you know, to sign a sense what's going on. Um, because I think it's when pe people get very hot whenever they're, they've, they're not acknowledged, like if it's, something's happened within their life, and they've not been able to come to church and they get very hurt if that's, if, you know, if they're not, if nobody acknowledges it, you know, and it's like, oh, well, they forgot about me, you know, and mm -hmm. then they might not come back. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nora, were you, were you thinking about that? <coughs> you were writing that particular passage in, <coughs> on Sunday? Uh, I was, Thinking very much about the, the, the fact that the, the shepherd knows the sheep. The, the shepherd, um, it's not, uh, James remarked about my, my woolly amorphous crowd, um, the, the idea that they're just, just a lot of sheep. But I loved your pictures, <laughs> James. That was so, so brilliant. I loved that one. And actually, if you look at that picture, they are all different. They're not all the same. <laughs> um, the vulgar. Now, I, I'll just tell you a story. My father came from a crofting background in the Isle of Harris. Oh, and wow. he was a great enthusiast for sheep. He grew up with sheep and he loved sheep. And uh, he became a minister. So, you know, it was all fitted together. But I know he, he and my mum used to go to um, the Highland Show and my mother drank an awful lot of cups of tea while he stood leaning over the side of sheep ends, just admiring sheep. Um, and he was a great, a great one for the sheep. And uh, I, I don't, don't know that the sheep thing has all sort of been in my background. Uh, and it's just this idea that the shepherd actually knows all the sheep. And there was the old, Albert was speaking earlier on, he made some mention of of um, being old enough to remember something or other, and I'm even older than he is. So uh, there was an old hymn called "There Were Ninety and Nine Who Safely yeah. Lay in the Shelter of the Fold." Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I learned that when I was quite young as well. And the 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 idea of the shepherd actually going out and 
route. And knowing which one it is that's missing and knowing, uh, knowing them all individually. And all right, we think they all look the same, all these sheep, but the shepherd knows better. The shepherd knows who needs to be looked after, who needs to be um, sought for, who needs to be brought back. Uh, it all comes, it's all in hymns and psalms and things in my head, you know, and on his shoulder gently laid and home rejoicing brought me. It's, um, it's, it's that, that, that idea that, that everybody is, is known individually to God, that we're not, we're not just, uh, you know, not just a, a woolly heap, we're, we're, we're all individuals and that he knows everyone. And that really was, I think, what was I find, Nora, I find that very comforting, the way you've said that and expressed that tonight. Because oh. it, it can, we can sometimes think it's our job to look after the lost, although we, we have got a responsibility. But what you're focusing in on is that <coughs> the shepherd knows what's needed. And if the church, if Christians won't, if, if some people won't do it in needs, he will raise up other people to draw alongside someone who's going through a difficult time. The other sheep from the other fold that are not of this fold, them also I will bring. So, you know, I think it's a lovely idea that you've introduced to us or reminded us of the key thing, that, it, that it, the shepherd is the one who cares for the sheep and looks after the sheep and puts himself out for the sheep and and and. And, and maybe somebody listening in here tonight, they need to hear that. You think that you're on your own, you think you're forgotten about, but the shepherd hasn't forgotten about you. He knows you and he knows I'm... what's going on in your mind. And, and, and he says, he, he, he's searching for you. He's on his way. The cavalry's on his way <laughs> to rejoice <laughs> and to bring you back. <clears throat> yeah. There was the um, line in the prayer on Sunday there where you wrote, gather us in your fold and remind us that there are other sheep to look out for, um, which I think links directly to, to that. And I think um, in terms of your kind of question, Albert, about the kind of practicality of it, you know, what do we do about these sheep that are getting butted and, and, uh, and adversely affected? And I think there is something about, you know, as Nora wrote in the prayer there, about remembering the expansiveness of God. And I think because faith is often very precious to us and very personal to us, you know, we have our own story and it really is a story of how we came to the faith and that's linked to particular people and particular places. But then we can sometimes over time, I think, shrink our faith to make it about those particular people in that particular place, but it isn't. And as you've, you know, you've both been saying that there is a much bigger world out there and there are more people um, in it and, and other people who are, you know, part of the flock. And I think that's one of the key things to um, to remember as we live is to kind of get ourselves out of our little cul-de-sac um, or our little pen, I suppose, to keep the uh, sheep metaphor going and actually to remember that there is, there is many more sheep out there. Yeah, I think that's important, what you're saying too, because I'm also aware <clears throat> over the years that within the pen, within our little pen, there can be what then in... in and Ezekiel's talking about the bullies, and there can be low-level bullying going on in churches, going on in communities, where there's some people who just seem to be always dominant and getting their own way, and there's others who just quietly 
retreat back, you know, and are not getting the attention they need. And somehow we, we, we need to, you know, again, be aware of all that and, and picking up and what, what, what Nora's saying is be aware too that, that sometimes we need to trust God that he's going to sort that out because as sheep, sometimes we feel we can't. But uh, if we're a sheepdog, maybe we can. <laughs> I'm going to be talking a wee bit about Nora's, uh, Laura's been talking earlier on about being, being God's sheepdog. But, uh, but these are areas I think are just, I think as we talk about church and the life of church and community, I just think we need to be honest about some of these issues that people face. That it, being in the flock and being part of the flock, it can be very, very comforting, but for some people, it can be a challenge. Mm. Mm. I was wondering if we could look um, at the, because it relates, um, so there was the piece called Love to All the Saints, um, which was on Wednesday, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was uh, related to Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. Um, but in the um, reflection there, Nora, you, you have this phrase about the instructions being very simple. You know, when it comes down to it, we are to love God, love our neighbors, the saints, all of them. Uh, and I remember saying to you, you know, when you sent that, the idea that often I think we want to make the instructions complicated. Um, and then actually what we get on and do is quite simple, you know, so we create all these layers and there's bureaucracy, you know, we should do it like this and we should do it like that and so on. And I wonder sometimes, you know, um, if really we want to complicate the rules um, to actually let ourselves off the hook instead of having pretty simple rules that are then in practice very hard to follow. Um, and that if we were to follow those instructions, love God, love our neighbors, the saints, all of them, then, you know, some of these issues we'd have to work through. We, we'd have to, you know, you can't love someone and let things like that happen, you know, to let, let those harmful relationships happen. You can't do that. But it sounds simple as an instruction, but it's very hard to do. Um, so I thought that was a really... Um, a really nice point that you made there. Mm -hmm. All the saints. <clears throat> yeah, I think that that picking up from that whole idea, this uh, we're coming to close this week, uh, this whole theme of the communion of the saints. I think you also talk about the saints unknown, the saints known and unknown to us yet. And I, and I like that idea that um, there are people who are who are in the family of God, but we don't know them. And they maybe don't even know it yet that they're coming to be part of that family too, that God is drawing them into, into that place, drawing his people together. That's, that was on the Tuesday prayer. Mm. See, you're saying some we easily recognize, others are still unknown to us, waiting to be included and gathered into your sheepfold. Yeah. It's just the thought that there are, there, are, um, there are the people we know, but there are the people we don't know, and there are we talk so much now about how can we, you know, invite people in and include people, and so much about inclusion. <coughs> and uh, it, it's I, I've been thinking about the whole, you know, lockdown business and the business that we're we're people feel cut off because they're not gathering together on a Sunday morning and all that kind of thing. And in some ways, it, it has widened things out because we're, we're looking further than just our own yes. group that we would normally see on a Sunday morning. 
um, with, with the possibility of going and you could go to three or four different church services on a Sunday morning if you really wanted to. Uh, you know, you, you could, you could yeah. go about and meet and see all sorts of other people. And uh, I've found also that I've been keeping in, I've been in touch with people that I haven't been in touch with for a long time because they or I have made the effort to make a phone call or to do something. And normally it wouldn't happen. So there, there, have, been some, there have been some advantages to this peculiar situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it fascinating that that spin on it or, or that, that perspective on, on what we're talking about? Yes, um, it's quite quite ironic, isn't it? Because I think it was particularly on uh, Thursday. Uh, so yesterday, the, um, uh, the prayer was kind of this idea of us being united through the strangeness, um, you know, that, that actually in some ways... Um, we all have something to talk about now, <laughs> you know, like there's in some respects, you know, it's a leveler, like we, we all are going, and when you think about it, even globally, you know, there, there's no part of the world that isn't affected by this. Um, and it's very difficult and it's very stressful, but, um, but there are, um, I guess um, every time there's a change or flux, you know, uh, things move around um, and, and you start to sort of reprioritize perhaps and to think, well, you know, what does matter and, and what do I care about? Um, and, uh, and it perhaps has been a time of um, re-evaluation, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think the situation has, 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 it's as if everything has been thrown up in the air and come down in a different place in some ways, because um, we, have, we have a daughter who lives in the town and we hardly see her. She's working She's in a, she works in a care home and she's, she's, she's working and we hardly see her. We Skype every week with our son who lives in Melbourne in Australia. Hmm. And I've actually seen him more than I've seen her. And it's really, in some ways, it's, it's quite weird. Um, the, the, um, and incidentally, they've had the severest lockdown in the world in Melbourne and they've come out of it. They've had no cases and no deaths for quite some time now. But let that be. But uh, this has, it has been quite strange. It has, because you're not going out amongst people in, in the, the usual way, I feel um, um, the, 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 my perspective on other people and on places has changed. And, and I'm, I'm seeing things from quite a different point of view. Very strange. You know, I, I think this is true. I was talking to a minister about this recently. And he was telling me that <clears throat> he was quite convinced that the congregation that would come back to worship on a Sunday uh -huh. would be a very different congregation. And the challenge was for all of us not to go back to our old ways again, but to let some of <clears throat> these perspectives that we all bring, mm -hmm. to let some of these perspectives shed light into our communities and into our Christian communities. And perhaps help us to become more unified, you know, because I think this is the thing that's exciting me, Nora, is the idea that we might actually start seeing our brothers and sisters in other denominations as part of our family. And, and also, not only in other denominations, but within our own denomination, that we, we, we are the same and, and we're not in competition with one another, you know, and... and if we could maybe 
begin to think about that. What, and this is what's getting me. I'm beginning to realize, could we think of the community like in Sanctuary First, which is a community now that's worldwide and, and it's making us aware of this, the universality of the church, the, the Catholic church, because it's across all. And, and if we believe in that, then, you know, to go back into our own little narrow units is, is quite constraining. And so the strange thing is <clears throat> being, being locked in has actually maybe opened us up. Well, maybe, maybe that's my wish. Maybe, maybe I'm just being too uh, optimistic. No, I get what you mean. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, because it's like we're, that we're appreciating, you know, other humans more now. I think we're appreciating uh, other people's experience, you know, more now as well. And I think as well, you know, it is, especially when it comes, you think, well, we're like other Christians, you think, well, we're, we're Christians, we all follow Jesus. You know, that's, you know, why, why, why are we focusing on what separates us when we should be thinking about what we actually have in common? You know, mm. and I've spoke before about um, my Muslim friends, you know, and being involved in that group. And that's what we focus on. We focus on the things that, that we, you know, we share. Um, we focus on the, you know, in both the Quran and in the Bible, which similar. And then we have a wee look at, you know, how the stories often kind of maybe go off in a wee tangent in each of them. But there's, there's things there that, that we share. And, and you think, well, we're doing that and we, we're of a different faith entirely. You know, why Why can't we do this, you know, with the people who actually share the same faith as us? Um, but I do think that there's something there that we need to hold on to <coughs> now because it is, we're starting to really see the value in each other. And I think what it is is um, we're starting to see that, you know, we're seeing the face of God and our other brothers and sisters now and mm. um and you know seeing it reflected back to us mm -hmm. mm. yeah it's lovely it's a lovely idea seeing the face of god in one another um and that building that that community of faith uh, and being led by the shepherd you know so we can back to even the the the, the the one that who you're talking about being led by the shepherd at the very the very beginning, you know Jesus is a shepherd. Guess who I am? Such a lovely secret. I, I'm his little lamb. It's, these are things that it's children you were taught to sing and these kind of things. But uh, it, it's important that remind ourselves something of the the care and the love that God has for all of His people. And. Um, that that must open our minds to think in a whole a whole new way about about worship in church. Definitely, I think it um, did it come up uh, recently in one of our Sunday live services. But this idea of um, the image of God and and how it takes all of us to to represent the image of God, you know. And I think sometimes if we think, oh, you know, God's made in our image, you know, what are we like as a little group? God must be a 
supercharged version of that. Whereas actually, like, if we want to know what God is like, we have to take in, you know, Jesus and we have to take in all of humanity, you know, and we have to take in the best of all that we can be. Um, and, uh, and I think what's really exciting, Laura, about what you were saying is the sense of like getting in on the game, you know, getting in on the secret and kind of realizing actually, you know, that is what life is all about. We are meant to be together. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in things that don't matter and complicating rules. And, and, mm -hmm. and it's not like, you know, these things aren't important, but I think sometimes, um, I don't know. It's about, I think sometimes we can live with disagreement, you know, and we can live with tension. And, and I think sometimes we've been running away from tension and we've been running away from disagreement and we've been saying, well, I have to be my group and you have to be your group and so on. Whereas actually like when you read the Bible and when you read the sort of, sort of heritage of our Christian tradition, like there's a lot of discussion, you know, there's a lot of commentary, you know, there's, it isn't always straightforward and I think that's okay. And I think if our faith was too straightforward and too shallow, then it wouldn't be real. Um, whereas actually it's something that is real and is rich and is a little bit complicated sometimes. Um, and that, that we shouldn't be afraid of that. I wonder if we could focus some of our attention on this last passage that's come in today, which is the Ephesians 1, Ephesians chapter 3, 7 to 21. It's such an amazing passage. I think oh we could uh, do well to, to dwell a bit more on that this week and certainly tonight because it's such a rich, rich passage to explore. What do you think? Oh, certainly, certainly. See, that's this, and I think it builds on what we were talking about, you know, because I'm thinking this, um, like, all you need is love, God is love. We love him because he loved us first. Love is the beginning and the end. Love binds us together. Perfect love casts out fear. And that's, it's this, you know, like, so this, you know, the love of God is what binds all of humanity, you know, together. And, but, you know, and, and I just love that, you know, um, that you put that in there, Nora, you know, perfect love casts out fear because our, our world is like full of fear of the other, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, they don't look like me, you know, well, oh, oh, I need to stay away from them, I'm frightened of them, or, you know, oh, they don't act like me, you know, um, but, but we're all sheep, you know, we're still, we might be different, you know, we might be different breeds of sheep, but we're still all sheep. <laughs> And it's, you know, and I've thought, because I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, like the refugees um, uh, over the past wee while. And when you hear people's story, you know, like, because people will be, people are so unkind and they're so cruel and they're, you know, very dismissive. Or why would people be like risking all that? Why would people, you know, risk the lives of their children? You know, we don't know what kind of lives they're leading. And you think, well, if that was me in that situation, I would maybe very well do it myself. Um, and, and it's just, see, when you get to know somebody, you know, you find out their story and then you can have a wee bit of understanding, you know, and that's, you know, just that, the understanding, I think, is what, and the kindness, and then that, that, wee, that wee bit of love, 
just pushes out that that fear and then it's like well we can then welcome in the other you know the stranger the one that doesn't look like us or act like us it's that that understanding and that, that kindness is so so important mm-hmm. how, how did you feel about this passage yourself Nora when you were writing the prayers because it's such a beautiful passage he talks about you know I was made a servant of the gospel by God's special gift, which he gave through the working of his power. I am the least of the least of all God's people. Yet God gave me the privilege to taking to the Gentiles the good news about the infinite riches of Christ. The infinite riches of Christ. The humility of Paul, you know, saying I'm the least of the least. And yet, such a wonderful idea, isn't it? That God, God just turns everything upside down. God always picks on the unexpected people to do things. I mean, you go back as far as Moses, who said, who, me? Yes, you. Uh, You know, that's the way God seems to work. Uh, And it's no use us saying things like, uh, you know, um, I don't, you know, why why should he be doing this or why should she be doing that and whatnot? God was better. And it, it but it, it all seemed to me to come down. That's why it, it it's all these little short bits and sentences there. It was just this overwhelming notion that 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 it all comes down to love in the end. Whatever. And if God loves us in a way that we cannot possibly comprehend. Uh, he, he he loves us, and he, he, I remember, um, yes, it, it just, I, I just started to write these bits down, and then I thought, I'm not going to embroider that, I'm just going to leave them. Um, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it, it just seemed to say, it, all right. it was just this, this, um, it seemed to me that that was what this was about. It was it, it, the, the idea of being rooted in, in love and that that's the foundation of everything. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing to me in this passage is... <clears throat> Sorry, what are you saying, Laura? It's like, it's a prayer like of uh, what Paul's writing. Is like, it's just so encouraging. You know, and it's like Nora talked about, you know, the, the ordinary people at the beginning of the week and the, the shepherds that were ordinary, you know, ordinary working people that actually they experienced something like extraordinary. And I think as us ordinary people, sometimes we just think, oh, well, you know, like God's not going to bother that much about us, you know, but, but Paul's words there are like, no, no, God just loves you so much that, you know, extraordinary things can happen because God loves us so much and God chose us as well. And I think we need to kind of get our heads around that, that even though we're so ordinary and, and like Paul, you know, we're the least, we don't deserve it, God chose us. Oh, he's getting me all kind of... God is a plan. Part of this whole idea that he's, he's got his plan and, and he's choosing to use us to roll his plan out. 
You're not not the important people in the world, us. <laughs> <laughs> the ordinary people, you know, the that's that. It's the the wee sheep dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that, you know, that so transformative love, you know, because I, I was thinking again then, Laura, about what you were saying before about kind of refugees and people being dismissed and just written off and, and how so key to that narrative is dehumanizing people, you know, so talking about swarms or hordes or, you know, not listening to the individuals, not hearing the stories, making it this sort of abstract kind of invasion thing. But love is what makes us take the time, you know. And I remember hearing about, um, I think it's oxytocin, you know, which is the kind of hormone that kind of is the bonding hormone, right? Yeah. That, and, you know, if you hug someone, which, of course, can't do at the moment. Um, uh, but I, I remember being surprised to find out that any time you make eye contact with someone, you get a little hit of oxytocin. Um, in your brain is a little like reward for making a connection with another human being. So even right now on Zoom, uh, we can be getting our oxytocin up. Um, and that idea that it's the love, which we, you know, Paul invites us to get to know, even though we'll never fully understand it, um, that makes us take the time and that makes people people, not numbers and not statistics and, and everything. Because anytime, and we think of love as this big, huge thing, but actually love can start as a really small thing, just nodding at someone in the street. You know, you could say that was an act of love because you've acknowledged them, you've, mm-hmm. you've connected and you've both just had that quick flash of oxytocin that reminds us that we're all people, we're all humans, we all matter. What do you think of this last, before we, in verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 3, he says, I beg you then not to be discouraged because I am suffering for you. It is all for your benefit. So Paul sees this idea of his life as suffering is yet he's doing it and he's asking them not to be discouraged because there's some benefit going to come to them through his suffering. But what do you make of that? It's it's like, yeah, I think it's for them to take, it's like taking courage, isn't it? Taking courage to be, you know, to see that example, you know, that, that his example of love, you know, like Jesus's example of love. And for and you see what Paul's going through because you know he loves these people, he loved the Lord, and then they too can be like, well, we might be getting persecuted too. <laughs> so uh, we then it's it's a it's building a strength and a resilience and it's an encouragement. Mm-hmm. And I think what 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 struck me there was the idea of the exuberance you know that he's like being able to write in such a happy way you know in terms of what you said Laura but this being so encouraging as a passage that he's talking about how he's suffering and he's the least of these and yet he's so exuberant and happy and I think as humans we like keep forgetting the material comfort and wealth doesn't bring happiness you know a lot of the happiest people in the world have also suffered an incredible amount you know and sadly they don't always go together it's not like suffering leads to happiness but suffering isn't a block to happiness and I think we every generation I think as humans we think well maybe if we just get a big enough barn you know like fair enough if you've got a pretty big barn that's not going to do any good. But if we have a really big barn that's central heated and it's insulated and whatever, then then maybe we'll be safe, we'll be protected and we'll feel happy. But that's not where happiness comes from. 
you know, it's, it's, it's much, much more about love. Again, just getting back to Nora, what you're saying, it is all about love. It comes back to being loved and knowing love. Um, and that, that can work through suffering and does. Mm-hmm. See this, do you think, what do you think of this bit where he says in the same passage, if you've got your Bible there, I ask God from the wealth of his glory to give you power through his spirit to be strong in your inner selves. And it's a, it's a collective thing. This whole prayer is not just for you, but it's for ourselves. It's for the sheep. It's for the community to be strong in ourselves. How relevant do you think that is for some of us going through this time of lockdown and maybe struggling with mental health issues? Mm. What do you think? I'm just thinking, Nora, any comments on that kind of area? of how, how, how important that prayer is. Well, that's quite a, quite a big question. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just thinking of people who are maybe listening in tonight and struggling, uh-huh. but it, isn't it, it's just that how beautiful a prayer it is for that to be prayed over you, almost like someone praying it over your head. I ask God from the wealth of his glory to give you power through the spirit to be strong in your inner selves. You know, because well, sometimes... I think it's partly about the, the, the power of prayer and the power of love and the power of knowing somebody somebody cares about you, somebody is thinking, somebody's praying for you, asking God to encourage you. Um, Sometimes I think it's because people are physically alone that they feel that's the only kind of alone, you know? I don't know if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But you can be physically alone and wrapped up in love and care and you can be in amongst the woolly amorphous crowd and feel completely alone Um, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there I think it's this inner self and that's what I've been trying to unpack in some way to think more about if we as Christians can be connected to one another in Christ, in our inner beings, in community, even although that's more important than turning up at church on a Sunday to sing hymns and be completely disconnected from one another. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can go into a church and become com- completely disconnected. You can go to a church for, <coughs> for weeks on end. And nobody speak to you, apart from nod to you. You can sit, you know, and that happens. And in case you think it doesn't happen, it's happened to me. You know, for weeks and then, not just, not just for, not just for once or twice, but to be connected, to feel more connected out with that is something to do with the power of the spirit to work in us. That's that's the thing I'm trying to open up and tease out tonight so that we see beyond church walls and see beyond small local communities of what we thought is church. Church is 
constituted by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think the, the experience of, <clears throat> uh, well, I'm brought, brought up in the church, church every Sunday and all that kind of thing. And in the last seven or eight months, I have not been to church and I have not, I haven't been going, uh, although the church is now open on a Sunday for, for the short service. But I, it's strange, I don't feel any less connected to my, exactly. my friends. I don't feel any less connection just because I'm not there on, on, on a Sunday, literally in the same space. Uh, I have I have, I have not felt moved to go along and sit in the same space two meters apart from everybody else. And I know some people have been glad to get back to the building, but I haven't felt like that. Um, but when I watch the uh, watch the, the the recording, and thank you, Laura, very much. Um, when I've been watching the the the, the service, the stream service, um, I've. I, there's something more personal about that in some ways. What I'm what I'm really missing is the singing. Uh -huh. I think we all miss the singing. I'm awful missing Aye. the choir. Yeah. Aye, that's something sing. you can't you can't do well, in just, a different way. But I'm, I'm just going about good about singing about the house, and I get get little earworms from time to time, like Jesus, tender shepherd, hear me. And that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then he goes on to say, and I pray that Christ will make his home in your hearts through faith. What do you think of that? I pray that Christ will make his home in your hearts through faith. You know, it says exactly what you're saying, Nora. When Christ makes his home in our hearts by faith, you know, well, you know, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. You know, that, that's a, that, is that a hymn, isn't it? What's that from? Yeah, I think so, I. It's like, because it's dwelling, me, isn't it? When, 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 you know, Christ's dwelling with us, you know, it's just, I, be, being there. And, and I think this is the power as well of, you know, the Holy Spirit at work through this medium, you know, through the um, through through the internet, you know, and the technology we've got, and I think people are seeing that actually the spirit does work through, you know, it, the spirit's no confined, you know, to churches, you know, the spirit works everywhere. The spirit, you know, is coming into our homes and it's working through each other, and. Uh, and that's something that, you know, we've, we've had our eyes opened during this time and, our, you know, our experience expanded, you know, to know that, I, you know, God dwells with us in our houses and wherever we are and yeah, Christ, Christ does dwell in my heart. Uh -huh. Isn't that, you know, we did, years ago, we did a Bible study in Bonus about this <clears throat> and the, uh, it was a, a navigator's course. <clears throat> and one of the things was, there was this picture of a house and a, what it means to invite Christ into your home. And 
you know, if, if Christ was living with you in your home, living in you, you, you wouldn't get up in the morning and not say good morning. <laughs> and you wouldn't get up in the morning and have your breakfast and not speak to anyone you know, and just get out of the house and you wouldn't go out of the house and leave the person in the house mm -hmm. you know and you would say you know that is brilliant and, and i started to we started to think about what well, if we really understand this christ dwelling within us this is a secret this is a secret that he lives with us and we can talk with Christ and the Spirit of God. And, and this is the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Mm -hmm. well, I was thinking, starting off the very first thing of the week with this very old hymn and thinking about some of the hymns that I learned when I was very small. And they're, 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 nobody pays any attention to these old ones nowadays. But just now when you're talking, I'm thinking of the other old one. It was God is always near me. Now, I, I learned that when I was very small. And that, that you know, some of these simple thoughts are, are um, really important. Uh, and and we, we complicate, we're back to this, we complicate things so much. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's really very simple. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's something that, you know, we start carrying these songs or these verses or these phrases and then they carry us you know and when when we can't meet together and sing that song is still being sung for us you know as we're doing the dishes or walking around the house you know these earworms they come um, yeah. because because they're carrying us now um, i am very subject to earworms <laughs> vulnerable <laughs> at risk and then this this one you picked up on nora and I pray that you, this is great prayer, and I pray that you may have your roots and foundation in love so that you together with all God's people may have the power to understand how broad, how long, how high, how deep is Christ's love. Well, there you've got, the must, you've got a mustard seed, haven't you? You plant the mustard seed and it puts down its roots and it grows up into a plant it's so big that all the birds can make the nest in it. It's uh, it, 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 it's it's uh, uh, I like the picture and I like James's witty picture too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. This roots, you know. Um, I was reading one. Uh, I've been reading again a uh, John Cisulis's book called Being as Communion. It's a theological book, and it's about it's about it's it's about theology, but it's about the, the, the being of God, and how the, the image of God is reflected in our lives, and and he talks about our roots, the roots of who we are and our identity is in eternity with God, and the fruit of those roots is in the present. I think I mentioned this last week as well, but it's such an important idea that, that love has its roots in God because God is love. And the fruit of that is, is, is how we live our lives. But that fruit has got to be rooted in love. And, and so our home and our identity and all that we are is in another space outside of time. Hey, you know, we're people who 
we've got an investment in another in another world in another another existence plugged into the cosmos absolutely isn't it (laughs) you know wow you know the one who made us who loves us and and it's his love that brings us into being we couldn't be without his love he brings us into being Mm. and then paul prays that we might together begin to show that love to others yeah, and, and this is the, the life of the church, isn't it? Aye, because that's the thing. Whenever you've got, you know, when when Jesus is as dwelling, you know, with you, you know, and you 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 know, you've got this, you've got this friend here, you know, that that you want to share, you know, because it's like you know, he's dwelling in you and beside you, and it's like I want to share, I want to share this pal that's just changed my life. <laughs> You've got to meet my pal, by the way. No, no, you need to meet him. He's just amazing. All this love is coming. And, and that's it. And it is, it's just, and then it, it, it expands, isn't it? It just, the, the love then just expands. And he goes on to say, but you'll never, ever be able to express it all. So don't get too worried. You'll not be able to express it all. It would just be, it, but, but anyway, just enjoy, enjoy what, what you can enjoy about it. And in this last thing, to him who by means of his power working in us is able to do much more than we ever ask for or even think. Wow. You know, this... That's awesome, isn't it? That's awesome. <laughs> much more than we can ever ask or think. Do you know... We, we just don't realise what God has got planned for us. And, and even through the darkest moments, what he can bring out of that is, is, is just beyond our understanding. So then he goes on, to God be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all time, forever and ever. Amen. And taking us back into, out of time, into eternity. And this was written, what, nearly 2,000 years ago? And and now in our time, it's still, we can still smile when we think about it. What's all that about? (laughs) Still puzzling over it. Isn't it? uh, Well, there you go. We've gone from sheep to eternity um, in one hour. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there've been no wolves. And there've been no, no wolves. There've been no wolves. We'd be quite happy to be sheep, but that's because sheep we've dogs. got a, we've got good sheep dogs looking after us, sheep and a dogs, shepherd, a shepherd who's checking that the wolves don't get near us. But there could be some wolves in sheep clothing in this in this sea, and that's another for another story for another week, another time. But there you go. Listen, wow. this has been great tonight. It's been interesting just being able to discuss all these things with you and open up the scriptures and just talk about it. And thank you so much, Nora, for joining us tonight. And I know it was, the connection wasn't too good at the beginning, but we managed no, but to get it to work. It often, it often isn't. We're, we've had a lot of trouble recently with it. But here I am. It's great. Thank I'm so glad. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. And uh, what have we got coming up next week? Uh, James, have you got anything to share with us in coming up in the next week that you want to talk about? 
Well, of course it's Advent, isn't it? So yeah. um, I can't believe it, November, um, and, it's, and it's Advent already. Um, so uh, we're going to have our first of our four Advent uh, Sunday Lives. Um, and Albert, you're taking the reins uh, on Sunday, and uh, it's Sanctuary First at the movies. Yes, as we I'm dig into the uh, Christmas archives of Sanctuary First. Do you know, um, James, you've got a brilliant archive that even didn't mention this, but if people even want to go over to the resources just now and look at the Advent, the Advent Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. I was just looking at it tonight. It's beautiful. And there's 12, there's 12 stages in the Labyrinth and pictures to go with it. And it's just really quite moving. And Maggie Lane leads us through that Advent uh, Labyrinth. But you know, we need to try and promote that to people as well. But that's, by the way, I just couldn't help but tell you about how good that is. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, well, there's lots in store, really. Um, yeah. On, um, on Monday, we're starting some uh, prayer, Advent prayer. Um, so on Mond- Mondays throughout Advent, we have half an hour for a wee prayer gathering. Um, coming through, if you come through the coffee shop... Um, we've got a wee prayer gathering going on at 7 o'clock to half past 7 and also people can look out for uh, members of the team will be praying um, daily from Monday at 7am for 5 minutes a wee wee prayer blast to get you you know fired up for the day ahead and that's going to become basically on Facebook, isn't it? It's not on Facebook. Yes, that's on yeah. Facebook. Uh-huh. So yeah. if you're not on Facebook, we're sorry, you're not getting your daily blast. But but you can, uh, you know, if you want, you can uh, <laughs> like us. <laughs> Check us out. <laughs> so yeah, so that that's us getting ready for Advent and getting ready with the prayers and getting ready with time of prayer and reflection. Thanking God for all that God's been doing in Sanctuary First. Um, hopefully towards the next few month, weeks, we'll be able to let people know that we've been running, as you know, a giving campaign, trying to encourage folks to, to share and to support the work. And it's been so encouraging that, that there have been people giving and we want to, at some point, report back to everyone. But we're waiting till we get, till we get all the tallies of what's coming in through the, the site. But it's so encouraging and thanking people for that support, that financial support that's coming into Sanctuary First. And uh, we're just starting to plan. And believe it or not, I keep on talking about this app. It's just one or two little hiccups in the development. Nearly there. (laughs) Nearly there. And I believe there's going to be a big push in the design of the app this Tuesday. And uh, then I think we might find ourselves, certainly at some point in December, that app will be a Christmas present for us all. So that's something (laughs) to look forward to. So listen, folks, it's been great chatting to you tonight. It's been thank you for listening in and look forward to catching up with you again on Sunday at 6.30. And until then, good night and God bless and have a great weekend. Good night. God bless.